Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to Rerun Shuffle, the podcast where we hit shuffle on Comfort TV. Uh, this is now our 12th episode, so if you yeah. are just starting here, make sure to visit viewpointsonline.org or search for the Viewpoints Network on Anchor FM or Spotify and check out our other episodes. My name is Tim Nacy. It is just Tim Nacy this time around for all of our longtime listeners. Leo usually writes a, writes a nickname for me. I My creative cup is empty yeah, this week. It's been, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a long semester. We've got like... What, three weeks left? Some, everybody keeps telling me three weeks. It feels like three days that are left. <laughs> well, two weeks, actually, because we're off next week. Oh, yeah. Speaking oh, of which, boy. yes, uh, just, just rip the band lead off now, everybody. There will not be an episode next week because we are taking some time off because we're all going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody needs some time. You can see it throughout the whole newsroom. Everyone's just kind of half there. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh, fun. I am the multimedia editor around here. And uh, the host of way too many podcasts. I host uh, two on this network. I produce a third and I host a fourth independent podcast. And um, honest to God, I've got like six other ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since I started listening to like audio docs and stuff lately. Like, oh, I was like, man. oh man, I don't even have any real ideas for that, but I want to make a show like this. This is so cool. <laughs> too many ideas. <laughs> That's your new nickname. Tim, too many ideas, Nacy. <laughs> Calm the hell down, Nacy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. All right. I am Leo Cabral, they, them pronouns. I'm the editor-in-chief at Viewpoints, and I am a queer, transmasculine, non-binary, multimedia journalist. I have nothing else to say for after that. <laughs> I'm tired. I have nothing else to say. This podcast is over. It's done. Good night. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> All right, Tim, what have you been watching lately? Um... Well, I don't know if I've talked. I don't think I've like talked about it at length on this show, and I'm probably I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite currently running show is uh, Cobra Kai on Netflix, and uh, that next season, which I am just so so excited for, <laughs> because like the whole the whole gimmick with that show is that it's like campy as absolute hell. Like it, it, it acknowledges that the Karate Kid's kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should probably explain first of all by, all by right, everybody. Um, uh, Cobra Kai is a show that was originally, in my book, it was the most credible thing on YouTube Red. <laughs> um, I, 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 honestly, I honestly don't know what business it had being on YouTube Red. I, it was, it's, it's, just too, it's, it's just too good of a show. It, you, the rest of the show is focused on like, YouTubers doing scripted content and stuff. And this, and, and and here we have this like very clever like dramedy show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's based on the Karate Kid or the whole franchise actually. Uh, which, you know, if you're somehow unfamiliar, uh, it follows a kid who moves to uh, the San Fernando Valley from Newark, New Jersey, and he runs afoul of a bunch of little jerks from a karate dojo called Cobra Kai. And uh, in order to defend himself, he learns karate from a quirky handyman named Mr. Miyagi, uh, teaches him karate through like uh, muscle memory. It's it's it's, mm. it's 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 absolutely crazy. He like he has him like he has him like sanding sanding wooden walkways and painting fences and waxing cars. Yeah, the usual. And he has him do it in very specific ways, and like it just kind of like drills into him like subconsciously like karate abilities. And mm. so and, and then one day Daniel freaks out on him, and then Mr. Miyagi attacks him, and he just suddenly, without even realizing he knew how to do it, now is black belt status in karate. <laughs> It's crazy, and then, and 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 obviously, and I'm sure everybody knows the ending. He eventually defeats the leader, uh, uh, his name is Johnny, um, in in a in a karate tournament with a very nebulously legal head kick. I can't imagine that that crane kick was legal. It's also not practical for starters. <laughs> let's just talk. I, I, let's not get into that. No. Okay. Fine. <laughs> but it's cool because he deserved it. Um. <laughs> And that last statement, though, is kind of what this uh, what this show examines, and it kind of goes past the simplicity of coming of age movies. Hmm. Uh, Cobra Kai examines everything a little bit further. Uh, it focuses more on the leader of the gang, Johnny Lawrence, um, a little more closely on on, on him. Uh, he's had a rough time, a little rough go of it since he lost that tournament. You know, that that was kind of his entire personality. Oof. And his, you know, and 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 he had everything, and he had everything, he had everything taken from him. And, you know, and uh, a lot, and some of it was his fault. You know, he, he blames Daniel LaRusso, the, the main kid, the, the main karate kid, uh, for stealing his girlfriend. But now he drove his girlfriend off because he was a jerk. Ah, uh, okay. One of those situations. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's fallen on some very hard times. He hasn't really mentally gotten past the 80s. He's kind of just stuck <laughs> in the past. 
And he's just been harboring this extreme resentment for Daniel LaRusso, who has gone on to huge success as the owner of a franchise of luxury car dealerships. Uh, his luck starts to change, though, and his will to live starts to return, honestly. Like, he's never, like, explicitly suicidal, but uh, you kind of get that vibe. Mm, okay. Um, when he meets a bullied kid named uh, Miguel, who uh, reminds him of himself when he was younger. Mm. And uh, the show kind of focuses on, like... Uh, it it just it just asks it just asks more like like it it, it leans into like the over the top campiness and the you know the big play into the rafters emotions of a of an eighties teen coming of age movie. But when, and what I really appreciate about this movie is that I kind of feel like the writers were thinking on the same on the same level that I was because I've always I mean Karate Kid two Karate Kid three and the next Karate Kid are absurd films all of them <laughs> they're like cartoons after a while. Okay. But the first Karate Kid movie is a really, really excellent drama. I mean, it's very, it's very, um, it's it, it, it is very over the top and campy. You know, got you got you got the you got the the synth heavy pop music blasting everywhere. And I mean, Cruel Summer by Bananarama is still one of my favorite songs because of that movie. I just um, love synthwave. Oh my god, it's great. Oh, and then by the way, the whole basically the whole score of the show is synthwave. It is yeah. so cool. Um, but it but but they but they recognize that yes the movies were campy but there was always a little bit more it, there was a little bit more in its mind on its mind than 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 what you think i mean we we are following this kid and he is being bullied by this other kid but even though we don't really talk about it in the movie there are always these little things in uh billy zabka's performance you know little little hesitations little like you know lingering shots on a look on his face mm. where there's more going on with him than 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 you would than you would initially think because everybody because i've i've heard like like how i met your mother you know lily refers to johnny as that mean blonde boy <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, the this, this show fleshes out his backstory a little bit. He had an abusive stepdad, mm. and his mom wasn't really around. And I think she actually uh, passed away at when he was when he was fairly young, leaving him alone with the abusive stepdad, who actually appears in the show. He's played by Ed Asner, yes. R.I.P. Um, Ed Asner. Um, uh, but um, but yeah, it, it it takes the camp and the cheese of the Karate Kid, and it runs with it. It's very very funny because it, it like leans into this craziness. But mm. it, but it takes a. It take, it take, it, at the same time, it takes a lot more complex look at those seeds of genuinely great character work and genuinely compelling drama. That that is at work. It's a very addictive show. It's very easy to get through to actually because uh, it's like a it it it's it's kind of structured and toned like an hour long drama, but every episode's like half an hour long. Okay. So you, and and like ten episode seasons, you can shoot right through it. I'm already on. I I, I just started rewatching it on uh, the other night. I'm already like approaching halfway through season two yikes <laughs> and because because it, it just it just it just move it just moves so fast but yeah not to get too deep in the weeds with it but <laughs> yeah like i said the show is probably my favorite one that's currently running it's funny but also genuinely compelling it engages the camp factor but it also takes the time to make you genuinely care about the characters even ones that you initially can't imagine liking there's characters who are like straight up villainous earlier mm -hmm. on in the show and eventually, like they take the time to like say, "Oh no, by the way, this kid's actually this kid. This kid's actually not that bad." Here's what here's what they're dealing with. Hmm. Redemption and second chances are like central themes of the show, and um, it, it, it it go it, it extends to like every single character. I mean, even even like goofy characters, like the like I like, I, I, I I don't want to spoil too much, but there is a character that like at, at this point feels like they're past the point of no return. But um, I don't know. I it, it wouldn't surprise me if they get redeemed by the end. It, 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 hmm. it it's a very it's a it's a it's a, it's a very sweet so sweet show. It's a very funny show. Um and yeah, it's it's just genuinely emotional. It's just a really really a really really well done thing. It's better than it had any right being because when I originally heard that, oh hey by the way, there's these three guys who worked on like I think I think they worked on like The Hangover, and like they worked on a lot of comedy movies. Huh. They're making a they're making a they're making a Karate Kid TV continuation that focuses on Johnny instead of Daniel, and I'm like, oh that sounds so bad. But it is like way better than it has any right being. Plus, we also there's also like some next generation stuff in there too. Um, there's uh you know the, there's there's their kids. Turns out oh Johnny Johnny had a son at oh. some point with a with a woman that he's no longer that he's no longer with. Um, Daniel now has two kids. And then there's also like this, like Miguel, he meets as like a, it's like a surrogate, kind of a surrogate son kind of situation. Aww. And there's like this whole, yeah, there's, there's this whole dynamic between, oh between, God. between all of them. It, it, there's I so, know. there is so much going on. The show is excellent. Um, all three, all three of the previous seasons are available on Netflix. The fourth drops on New Year's Eve, and I am just so jacked <laughs> because I don't want to spoil anything. But they're getting into like they, 
First, first of all, there's this crazy dude that Daniel fights in uh, Karate Kid 2. Mm-hmm. They brought him back in season three, and he like they actually like flesh him out as like as like as like a reasonable <laughs> complex character, and they're bringing and another another bringing back characters from Karate Kid Three, which is one of the most ridiculous movies I have ever seen in my entire life. Like, it's Rocky Four status. It is out of hand. <laughs> so they're just bringing everybody into this show. I I, I think so, and honestly, and and, and it, the, the it's it's like I said, redemption is a big is a big is a big theme, mm-hmm. but it feels a little bit like they want to redeem the movies too. Like they want to like give you uh, more to like about these movies also. So yeah, we're, we're we're they're bringing back the villain from Karate Kid Three hmm. in the next season, and I'm okay. like, how do you make this guy human? I don't understand, and I can't wait to see them try. I am so jacked for this, and I. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm even looking forward to going home tonight and continue and continue my rewatch. <laughs> this show is like one thousand percent my jam. You're just here, like, can we go home already? <laughs> I have something to watch. <laughs> How about you, Leah? What have you been watching? Um. Well, I have been watching, still watching through Futurama because that's that's just fun to get through in the background of my of my daily, um, everyday things. Um, finally getting through, I, w- I was mentioning this to you earlier, I'm finally getting through my latest rewatch of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5 or Vento Ario or Golden Wind um, in anticipation of Part 6 or Stone Ocean, which is coming in December. Oh, I, my I, God. I still need to hop on the JoJo train. I haven't watched any. <sighs> I love JoJo it's, it's, so it's, much. It seems, it seems like something I would, um, it seems like something I'd be into because like the whole aesthetic looks like a, like a glam rock album cover. It's camp. It's so camp. Like, I'm on board. I, I'm always for that. Oh my god, JoJo. Okay, so before I came out as non-binary, like the the just JoJo always gave me like some kind of like ah, oh, what is it? Like I don't know. They would just like give me some like non-binary affirmations in a in a sense because the men are allowed to like be glamorous, but like they're so these men are ripped like they are yoked bro and like (laughs) but they are looking fabulous and i'm like dang like that's my that's what i want to do i want to be oh it helped to articulate something for you i i yeah 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 it's just it's amazing um i love jojo's bizarre adventure yes it's anime and it and it falls you know into the routines that some anime fall into like some toxic things like some ridiculous notions of masculinity or like like gender roles and such and all that such but everything you kind of have to turn off your brain for those things usually but yeah um i'm just so stoked for for part six to come out because that's when we get our our lady jojo um jolene so Interesting. So excited! It's a whole thing. I can't even begin to explain JoJo's Bizarre Adventure uh, to next you, Tim. Episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be okay. So I'm gonna like message you on the Discord tonight and tell you all about it. <laughs> no, I'm not. I won't do it. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna. I, I, that, that, that's a lot of people tell me. It's like you just, you just, you just, you just have to. You just have to like sit down and watch it. It, it, it can't, it can't be, it can't be articulated. It is ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. It's absurd. It's it's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> All right. And finally, um, I'm dragging myself through Dear White People Volume 4 that recently came out. This one's hard to get through. Um, the season is set in the future, and it's um, the, the some of the main characters are looking back on their senior year at Winchester University, and it's going to be in the form of a 90s musical. Hmm. Yeah. That I mean, I have, I'm not. I, I don't really know too much about Dear White People, but that is not the vibe I got from what I've seen. The first three seasons are really good. Um, I don't know what's going on with this fourth season, honestly. I I don't know. I have to continue watching it, and I'll let you know. Um, but it's based on a film of the same name. Uh, the main cast is, again is looking back on their senior year at Winchester, which is a substantially white populated university where our main cast of black and brown actors um they've dealt with issues like racism social justice um and in and injustices cultural bias etc at this university um it's a lot of satire a lot of absurdism a lot of irony but i don't know i just this this fourth season is just really hard to get into i don't know i'm yeah, I've yeah, I've I've gotten to that point with shows too, where I'm just like, man, yeah. I really wish I like Rick and Morty season five was like that for me. I was like, really, I wish I liked this, but most of this is really not great. This oh is... no, I haven't watched season five yet. <laughs> the beginning of season five is pretty good. I think up to like uh, episode like three or four, I think are amazing, but most of the rest of the season is just kind of eh. 
Yikes. Last episode's all right. Pretty way better than before, but eh. all right. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing it myself then. Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not like bad, bad. It's not unwatchable. It's not like you know, current Simpsons or current mm. Family Guy or mm-hmm. something. But like, Ugh, it's Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to have a conversation about Family Guy one of these weeks. Do we have to? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I definitely, I definitely would like to like uh, explain my because because some people look at me like I'm crazy. Like I, I, I like my smart comedy and stuff, but like I will say, you know what? Sometimes Family Guy can be very smart, or at least, like, really smart about being stupid. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, I'm also watching Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, funny you should bring that up by yeah. total coincidence. Maybe we should just, like, shift topic then. Maybe we should. <laughs> Something else. Want to get into some background yeah, on what we, we had a Family Guy episode for you guys. No! <laughs> we're going to talk about something else instead. This is all, and I didn't write any of this. This is all just improvised. <laughs> Anyway. No family guy. Yes. Our episode this week was uh, was Malcolm in the Middle. Uh, or it was a Malcolm in the Middle episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's just talk a little bit about that real quick. All right. Uh, it ran. So Malcolm in the Middle ran on Fox from 2000 to 2006. Uh, it was created by Linwood Boomer, who uh, he was in, um, I think, Little House on the Prairie. I'm not sure. I, th- I think he played one of their kids. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> I I haven't really I've never watched that show, but that that's yeah. that's kind of what I that's kind of what I but yeah he's also got a very unique name. <laughs> Uh, yeah, as soon as you said Linwood Boomer, I was like, wait a second, what? I had to do a double take. Uh, it stars uh, Frankie Muniz, mm-hmm. Brian Cranston, the amazing Brian Cranston. The GOAT. Uh, Jane Kixmerick, another one of the, oh, uh, underappreciated, one. But, yeah. <laughs> but definitely another one of the GOATs. Uh, Justin Burfield, Eric Persullivan, and Christopher Masterson. Uh, it follows a lower, a lower middle class family who lives in a suburb of Los Angeles, from near as I can figure, at least somewhere... Uh, near the West Coast, because that's one thing. That's one thing that's very distinct about this show is that, um, like, even when they do Christmas episodes, like it never snows or anything. Mm. So they're definitely in the desert or in California somewhere. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure. I'm pretty sure they're in California. They go to a racetrack that's somewhere around here when, in, in one episode. So I'm pretty sure mm. they live somewhere in Southern California. Um, they were orig- The family was originally known as the Wilkerson's. But that was eventually dropped. It was only. It was like it was a passing reference. I think uh, Francis, who uh, when we first meet him, their, their oldest son Francis. Uh, he was in military school in the first episode, and he has a name patch that says Wilkerson. Mm-hmm. Never comes up again. Wow. The, the, in, in fact, it kind of becomes a little bit of a bit that we don't know their last name. That's really funny. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're 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 just they're just a family that doesn't really have an actual last name. Uh, it centers around uh, Frankie Muniz's character uh, named Malcolm, who in the first episode takes a test that reveals that he's a genius. He has a really high IQ, and he's transferred to a gifted program at his school. Uh, the students there are known as the Krellboins, which is uh, named after the arch stereotypical nerd main character of the original Little Shop of Horrors. I think he, I think, I think, I think his name in the uh, the Rick Moranis version, the musical one, uh, his name was changed to uh, Krellborn. Mm-hmm. But in the original B movie, that really I've watched it. It's not very good. Oh, Jack Nicholson's in it though. Wait the the wait the black and white one? Uh, I think so. Yes, I think the one I saw was colorized, but yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There was there was there was one there was one from like the sixties. It was like this really goofy B horror movie. I think I have a memory of watching that, but you yeah, know, yeah. Jack Nicholson plays uh, Jack Nicholson plays Steve Martin's character in that one. Oh my god, I need Pretty to rewatch stuff. that. Um, and but yeah, it's, I, I digress. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and it generally just follows his uh, his um, adolescent angst. <laughs> Yeah. Which is uh, which is uh, supplemented by his generally bad attitude. He's such a bad attitude, man. He's a little jerk. He really yeah. is. <laughs> oh, um, additional note: Frankie Muniz doesn't remember filming a lot of Malcolm in the Middle because mm, he suffered. That's unfortunate. From, yeah, he uh, he he suffered from numerous concussions since like early childhood, and um, he was in a pretty bad accident after after this show uh, commenced because he got into racing. Yeah, I think I think he had a, I think I think fairly recently I th- I I think I think what really like wiped this from his memory was I think he also had a stroke too if I remember right. I think you're right. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. The, Frankie Muniz had a really yeah has had a really unfortunate go of things. Yeah, I mean he's okay now. His memory is not so okay, but Frankie Muniz is okay. <laughs> he's doing all right right glad now. To, I think. Glad, glad to hear that. Yeah. yeah. He even has a kid on the way. Oh, nice. I didn't know about that. Yeah. Cool. All right, so let's get into our episode. Okay, so we start with a cold open where uh, the youngest son at the time, uh, Dewey, uh, he's, yeah, he, he, he doesn't really have a whole lot to do right now. Honestly, I actually, as, as the show goes on, Dewey gets older 
and they start giving him more to do. And mm-hmm. honestly, I really am not a fan. You're not a fan of Dewey? I like Dewey early on. When oh. Dewey was a little kid. He because 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 Dewey Dewey is like the standard little kid. He's yeah. he's got a wild imagination. Um, he's just all id. He just he'll just like he'll just he'll just get into stuff. There, there's there's a lot of episodes. There's this really great one where he want like, he, like, he like desperately wants this. I like desperately wants this toy. And he wants to, and, and 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 like and like the episode basically has like he he's trying to get the parents to buy him the toy, and he goes and talks to the parents and asks them, and they kind of tell him that uh, that no number one you have enough toys number two it's very expensive we can't afford that, but and then it would switch immediately to uh, what he heard, which was maybe uh, ask me again in two minutes. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he's, yeah, he's got wild imagination. There's an episode where he becomes friends with a fly, like a wounded fly. It's oh. it's, 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 it's it's always. Yeah, like, like Dewey's Dewey's fun early on, but he become he he becomes like a worse version of Malcolm as the show progresses. No. It's really it, it gets pretty rough. Yeah. Um, um, by the dad, how? Uh, just real quick rundown on him. He's uh, played by Brian Cranston. I love. He him. is goofy, but uh, we'll get into it. He's. I actually think, even though his kids are like kind of fiercely independent for good for better or for worse, mm-hmm. uh, they he 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 generally has the right instincts as a dad. Like way better than a lot of TV dads. Yeah, he's like an actual dad. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, just, yeah, he'll he'll go back and forth from being the good guy and the bad guy. It's it, it, it's not just them. Uh, so Dewey goes up to Hal and tells him that he had a bad dream. Uh, he Hal has Dewey crawl into bed with him and tell him all about it. Turns out it was about a man with a knife who wanted to tie up the whole family <laughs> mur- and murder them before eating their eyeballs. Apparently, this is a little too wild for Hal, and he's now 100 percent wide awake with his mouth agape. <laughs> Man. So I after the after the uh, after the theme song, which uh, if you're not ready for it, that theme song is a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Boss of Me by They Might Be Giants, great song, mm-hmm. especially the the version that they use. Um, Hal approaches our main character, Malcolm, looking to help him with his homework. The assignment, which is uh, proving Kepler's third law of planetary motion, <laughs> makes zero sense to him, and he says, "So what's Dewey doing?" <laughs> oh, I think he's coloring. Well, better get in there. <laughs> I love that. He knows his limits, and I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> he's just out, yeah. Uh, the second oldest son, uh, Reese, he is the uh, school bully. Yeah. Uh, also very, viewed, viewed very much as unintelligent. Yeah. Uh, he tears into the room, claiming that he's being chased by someone, possibly an escapee from a mental hospital, telling wild lies about horrible things that he did. Hal has been down this road before. Uh, he had a son, their their their, their oldest son, who will meet who will meet, meet later, uh, Francis. Uh, you know, b- before 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 the series started, uh, he was sent to military school. I think the final straw was an incident that involved uh, a car being set on fire. Right. Which is fine because it wasn't even our car. Oh, God. <laughs> oh no. Um, yeah. So he's been down, he's been down this road before. Uh, he opens the door to be greeted by a kid with a mostly shaved head and his father. Hello again, Hal. He says. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just cut. Uh, the mother, Lois, great TV mom. She is hilarious. Oh, yeah. um, she has a she has a she has a uh, hair trigger. She will she will she will freak out. She does the best yelling I've ever heard in a comedy. Like her yelling is so funny. <laughs> yeah, you know she actually no. She's a great mom uh, mom character. Like <laughs> she'll be doing things really and I'm is. like very, yeah. Very very true to life. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I'll be like man, my mom did that thing too, huh? <laughs> uh, but yeah, th- th- she she does she does have her flaws. Eventually, it's it, it, it's it, 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 they definitely lean into more that like she also has this uh, this kind of emotionally manipulative. Yeah. kind of like emotionally abusive kind of thing. Uh, their 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 son Francis is like messed up from her parenting. Like 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 they did not vibe at all, and he is like scarred, and it causes him a lot of problems as as it goes along. Wow, I think I relate to Francis. <laughs> uh, so it turns out. Uh, so she and Hal, so Lois and Hal confer on a punishment, but as it turns out, he's already been punished multiple times over. He's lost his TV, his video games, his music. And his fresh air. Hal, Hal probably puts it best. Lois, we have taken away his air. And he doesn't care about any of it. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> I love. I love when Hal tries to create. One of my favorite. One of my favorite lines is when, is when Hal tries to create like a new punishment that like combines all the previous punishments. So no TV, no going outside except for reading, which he'll do at night inside. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I've got nothing. <laughs> Brian Cranston. Brian Cranston is amazing. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I, 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 have, I was gonna have trouble watching Breaking Bad when I first saw it because I, I, because I obviously I knew him as Hal. Right. He was the he was the he was the wacky dad of Malcolm in the Middle. 
you know, and but I mean, he, he kills it. And and going back to Malcolm in the Middle, I've really seen that man, Brian Cranston has like really high acting chops. Like he really the range. He 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 commits to his comedy, and like there's 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 very serious, genuine moments with him that you know they'll they'll break your heart a little bit. He's 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 really really good, mm. especially later on in the show. I'm excited. So Hal gets the idea, and I love this by the way. Hal gets the idea that maybe Reese doesn't need to be punished. Maybe he just needs more positive attention, the kind that he never got from his dad. We we get into that. We get into that later. That's a whole can of worms. Yeah. Um, Hal, Hal may be a goofball, but he really, honestly, is at least on paper one of the best, one of the best TV dads. Uh, his plans they they don't work because the kids do have a lot of a lot of um, a lot of spunk to say the least. So yeah, that's, a lot of that's a lot of uh, a lot a lot of a lot of id. They do a lot of very very bad things. That's kind of that's kind of like the thing with this family is that they're just. Um, they're very, they're very, they're very kind of unconventional. They're, they're, you know, the kids, the kids are getting in, the kids, the kids are in trouble all the time. They're always <laughs> doing these crazy, wild, reckless things, and um, it's not, and 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 and, and, and it's not necessarily uh, the parents' fault. Like the, the, no. they, they don't blame. It. I, I think, I think that, I think that they, they, they discipline them for different, for they, they, they discipline them, discipline them well. It's just that they have. These kids just a have a things. lot of energy. Um, oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of destructive energy. Crazy, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I love, I love the line too. After that, um, um, Lois, that boy needs a father figure, and I really think it should be me. <laughs> I love that. Um, I like a TV dad. I like a. Ta- I like a TV dad that actually puts in some effort. He seems mostly well-meaning, and um, the fact that he was even like, that he even suggested, um, you know, maybe punishment isn't the answer here. Like, when when do you ever hear an actual TV dad suggest that? Like, let's let's try to figure out some way to maybe, yeah, like like give, give, give him some give him some pride in what he does, give him some place to put that energy. That yeah. is a good idea. Because some kids, when they have too much energy, they just need something. They just need an mm-hmm. outlet. So you know. Yeah. Well, and, and we'll get into that later. We'll see how that how that goes. <laughs> uh, sudden cut. The show the show has a very quirky editing style. Um, I noticed that. There's a yeah, like 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 when like there's like there's like a whoosh sound when they when they when they cut scenes. Yeah. Like, there's like a screen wipe and there's like a whoosh sound. I really like it. It's cool. Yeah. And when we'll get to later, I think when they do like an act break in the middle of the episode, this is a really wild thing that they do. We'll, we'll get that later. Um, uh, it's a cut to Malcolm and his gifted class, where his classmate uh, Cynthia. Uh, she was introduced earlier in the season as a kind of sort of love interest for Malcolm. That's kind of that's dropped. They they don't really they don't really lean into it too much. Okay, that's good. I'm not that far yet. The show the show really the show really isn't uh, the show really doesn't like to do the whole uh, the whole love interest uh, love interest relationship kind of thing. They they in, in, in fact they don't even like to do a uh, general uh, supporting cast. There's a character that's mentioned later on in the episode uh, that you know he 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 does he does make a lot of appearances. He works with Lois at the drugstore that she works at. Oh, that creepy guy. But um but yeah he but. We, we don't see him at all. He is a praise. He's, he's, he's but, but yeah, the, 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 they, they use the, they use the supporting characters as they need to use them. And I always okay. appreciate that. Doesn't, they don't, they, we don't, we don't take up too much real estate. <laughs> um, so Cynthia is handing out invitations for a party she's having that weekend. Uh, his main friend group, Stevie, Dabney, um, Stevie, Dabney, and Lloyd are really excited, but uh, Malcolm seems to have reservations. Just a quick, just a, just a, just a, just a, just a quick rundown of these characters. Uh, Stevie is uh, Malcolm's best friend. Uh, he is a kid who has very serious health problems. He's in a wheelchair. Um, it's implied later on that he actually only has one lung. Oh, that's why he speaks like that. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, no. yeah, and and, 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 and the, the show. And, and but, but what's what's great though is that he never he, he doesn't seem to really let that hold him back. No, he's I love very, he's a he's a he's a he's a he's a he's a very he's a very snarky, spunky character. I love him. And and it, it's it's to the point where like you don't even feel like it's punching down when they kind of make jokes out of the fact that he has to take a deep breath, a deep long <laughs> breath between 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 uh, between between like clumps of words. <laughs> Oh, Stevie. Uh, Dabney, who uh, I'm blanking on his name, but you probably, but you, but you, but you might remember him from um, all that on Nickelodeon. He was one of the cast members on that show. Really? Oh man. And I'm so uh, out of yeah, touch. he's he he lives he lives he lives with his uh, extremely overbearing mom. And uh, Lloyd, we actually don't get to know too much about Lloyd, but Lloyd's mm. just L- 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 Lloyd's funny. I, don't, I I actually I probably should have gotten up the names of the actors who play these characters because they're all excellent. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, they're th- such cute kids. They're great. Yeah. They're very excited, but Malcolm seems to have reservations. Um, I love the shot when when, when um, we the, the shot we see when Cynthia says that some people have trouble making friends. It just kills me. Um, they they take this high angle 
not like that like like totally like it totally cuts <laughs> it totally like cuts out there it cuts out there um the cuts out their necks like they, they don't have necks and they're kind of like smiling at her goodishly it's so again <laughs> it these kids at, are cute it's like the be- and, and 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 yeah like the, they they sell it and that's kind of the benefits of a single cam sitcom you're able to play with the cinematography <laughs> and we'll get into that as we go um very fast-paced show we move on to another scene now uh this one is where we finally meet francis yep. who yeah he's the old he's the old kid one of the coolest things Malcolm Middle does is um, they have this whole system in place where you have what's going on at home in their hometown, and uh, Francis is kind of, Francis. They kind of get sent on a journey throughout the entire show. Um, he is uh, you meet him. You meet him first. He's at the Marlin Military Academy, uh, which is in which is a military place in Alabama, and um, you know he eventually leaves, and then he's working at a logging camp in Alaska, and after that he moves to a he moves he, he 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 works in a he works on a ranch. Like a dude ranch in Arizona. Wow. Vastly different, vastly different, uh, vastly different things. And what's 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 great is that it it, it kind of feels like uh, Francis is in his own spinoff, basically. It does. Like huh? like he's like he like the we have the regular show, and then Francis is off with these uh, this totally different place, totally different setting, totally different situations with a totally different supporting cast. And um, I've never seen another show do that. I can't really say that that's anything I've, I've, I've ever seen before. Yeah, you, there's not a lot of shows that like have their own like minis, their mini like arcs that are just completely far off from the main cast. But because he's part of this family who is the main cast, like you still have to focus on him. I like that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I like the kind of they, they kind of they kind of vary it up a little bit. And there's mm-hmm. lots of really great stuff. It's it's it, it, it's a shame that we don't. He's he's mentioned, but we don't meet. Um, we don't meet Commandant Spengler in this. He is so funny. I actually, I, 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 I keep forgetting. I, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like intend on talking about Spengler, so mm-hmm. I, I don't know the actor's name. But he is very, very funny. He's like the super arch military guy. Uh, uh, he only has, he only has one hand, and he has these crazy, super conservative um, ideas. Uh. <laughs> and and he's just, he's just mockery. The show, the show is not on his side. Uh, he's 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 abusive and awful, but like the actor sells it. He is so funny. I mean, Seinfeld fans will recognize him as uh, Mr. Kruger, who was uh, George's boss for a little while there. Um, anyway, um, so Francis is in at military school, and uh, he greets his friend Eric, who uh, grabs him by his collar and hoists him to his feet, pins him to the wall. Francis apparently missed his third deadline in history project the two of them working on together. Uh, Francis insists that he slipped his his half of the project, which was a photocopied page out of the dictionary. It was literally like two by two inches by two inches of paper that he slipped under. It was like ripped up too. Like it wasn't even a full <laughs> photocopy page. Uh, he slipped that under Eric's uh, dorm room door. Eric, who shows us that he has a full three-inch binder with information that he that that that, that he compiled over over two months, is rightfully not impressed. Those were the types of binders that you put like whole months long reports in. Like that yeah. that was a lot of work. Uh, he leaves Francis to organize his notes, but before he heads to the library, he has a sudden urge to check out the room one more time. He just kinda like senses it and spidey sense tingles and he can, he runs back. And he's right, Francis is trying to scurry out the window. <laughs> he tries to cover it up. Just as I thought. Sixty eight degrees. Perfect paper writing temperature. <laughs> So meanwhile, uh, we see what Hal had in mind. Uh, he and Reese arrive at the cooking class at the Learning Annex Rec Center type place. It's not actually a Learning Annex. I actually learned uh, this week that uh, the Learning Annex is a an actual company. Oh. I thought I thought it was the type of place, but no. Apparently, the Learning Annex is an actual like franchise mm-hmm. where they do where they where they do adult education. I had no idea. But yeah, it's 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 like it's, it's an off brand Learning Annex, which I will refer to as Learning Annex. From yeah, now okay, on. it's just. <laughs> It's just the learning. I annex just, now. I just, I, that was, that was something that kind of like uh, shook me a little bit. I was like, huh. I just thought a learning annex was just an annex of learning. I didn't <laughs> think it was like a. I didn't think it. I didn't think it was actually a real, a real place. Oh my goodness. Uh, Reese is suspicious because Hal keeps he keeps looking at me and saying stuff. <laughs> uh, but he, but he's, but he's quickly turned around and dazzled by all the inherent violence that's present in cooking. Like, but we, we see, like, this you know, slightly horrifying montage of, like, you know, like, somebody, like, sets their food on fire. Uh, another person, like, um, like, ja- like jabs, like a, like, a, like, a barbecue fork <laughs> into a turkey. Like, really, really hard. Unnecessarily hard. Just violently. Another person, like, like raises a, like, cleaver over their head and, like, chops the top off of something. And Hal's, like, horrified. But Reese is like, oh, man, let's go. This My is stuff. it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
also uh, the, the, I had a comment on uh, how uh, Reese is like, you're looking at me. Am I in trouble? Like you're talking to me and stuff. I'm like, it's funny because trauma is hilarious, everybody. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so back at Malcolm's school, uh, Cynthia is aggressively handing out invitations for her party. Uh, a big selling point is that she is uh, serving cookies shaped like famous communist revolutionaries. <laughs> and uh, Malcolm is cringing for her. Everyone else is getting psyched. Uh, Dabney and Lloyd um, are fighting over an anecdote about a fascinating, <laughs> fascinating article in this, in this month's New England Journal of Medicine. And Stevie hopes that his wheelchair fits in the makeout closet. <laughs> oh, I love Stevie so much. <laughs> Uh, Malcolm tries to talk her out of it, trying to convince her to stay in her social lane. Uh, we've said it before. Malcolm is not a pleasant character. No. He's a little jerk. Um, you know, but but you know who is a pleasant character? Cynthia. Cynthia's great. I love her. Okay, so when she said she had cookies shaped like famous communist revolutionaries, my girlfriend and I, Viola and I, were we had our jaws on the floor. We were, like, almost cheering. We were, like... Just speechless. We, we instantly fell in love with this little girl who is now a queer icon for us. Yeah, it's a shame she doesn't show up too often. I think she has like four or five appearances throughout the entire series. No. And yeah, it, it's a shame, but she is, she is excellent. No, that's so disappointing. I mean, did you see her outfit? Like the, the outfit in this What? Okay, so the outfit in this scene, she it's very reminiscent of the lesbian flag. That's all I'm going to say. This new, new queer icon. Love it. Give me one second. I just want to uh, give her a shout out, the actor, because she's really, really good. Ooh, okay. Uh, Tanya Raymond. Yeah, Tanya Raymond. She is, yeah. She's 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 very good. But she she doesn't she doesn't have a lot of screen time in Malcolm in the Middle, but she makes she makes an impression. She's amazing. She's de- definitely one of the most friendly. Yes. Yeah, so Cynthia rightfully calls Malcolm out on his tendency to hide his insecurities behind a bad attitude and a safe social circle. <laughs> you know what? When I when I watched this too, you know, I I I I felt attacked as well because that was yeah. that was that was me in school. I was like, man. Yeah, that was me when I was. You gotta really you too. gotta you gotta come at me like that, didn't you? Show. <laughs> um, so at, back at the cooking class, uh, Reese is showing a real back for this. Uh, he point, Hal points out that his celery slices, they're, they're running out of chop. Uh, they're a little more uniform than the teachers. <laughs> uh, this scene always gives me anxiety. Um, I've been trying recently. I've been cooking a, a, a fair amount lately, and I've been trying to learn how to chop things quickly for a long time. I always end up hurting myself. Like, yeah, I have to do oh. it slow. <laughs> I'm bad at it. And, I, and, and I'm, like, I'm like, whenever I hear Reese go, <laughs> I'm always like, oh, man, I, 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 I wish I could do that. But no, my, I would lose a finger. Anytime I hear rapid chopping, I, my anxiety shoots up. It's just... And the teacher's like, oh, the, the the secret is resting your knuckle up against the blade. I'm like, how does that help? How does getting your I hand don't closer to the knife help? I don't get it. People have told me that, too. And I'm like, I don't trust my skin that close <laughs> to this steel, this sharp steel. Yeah. Well, one thing I appreciate, too, is that the teacher is impressed, not insecure over I Reese's talent. That. Yes. I was, I was so expecting her to be like, oh, well, you're better than me? Well, no, she's like, <laughs> remarkable. This is amazing. Yeah, she's completely supportive. Who would have thunk? <laughs> I also love that little bit, too. Um, and you say you've never cooked anything before. And Reese's response is, intentionally? No. As we've mentioned before, the, the boys have a rich history of cartoonishly bad, reckless things that they've done. And one of the show's best running gags are the kinds of are these kinds of vague passing references to them. <laughs> I love those. I'm just like, what could you have possibly done? <laughs> Yeah, you'll find yourself asking that question a lot in the show. Um, at, back at Marlin, Eric is dragging Francis back to his uh, dorm room in a very uh, police officer kind of way. He's got his <laughs> arm like behind his back, and he's like shoving him to the door because you know he feels like he kind of have to. Ouch! It has been two days since we last saw them, and he's gotten nothing done on the project. Uh, Francis is clearly a very dangerous influence on the people around him because he has talked Eric into mini golf and a movie that apparently would make you would make all of us question the whole talking dog genre. <laughs> Uh, Francis is about to start working. He's, he's, he's getting ready. He cracks his knuckles. He leans over the book. Uh, but then he sees a bug crawling across. And uh, <sighs> at least an hour later, we see that he has found another bug. <laughs> One of them is Harvey. One of them is uh, Brent. <laughs> and um, he's built a mini racetrack. All these little signs. Go, bug, go. <laughs> and um, he's putting the two through time trials. <laughs> and I swear, I swear, I... this was me. Yeah. Uh, less so now, still somewhat. But when I was when I was a kid, studying, doing my homework, cleaning my room, it, it, I, I I could not focus on it. I wa- I wanted to do other things. 
No, yeah. Um, that This is me now. Uh, back in the day when I was doing school as a young child, I think I was able to do school better than I do now. Um, I don't know how I'm doing college at the moment, Tim. See, I I'm, really I'm, don't. I'm, I'm honestly not doing college. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, doing a very, I'm doing a very bad job at it. Yeah, me too. Uh, so Lois comes home from her job at the Lucky Aid. Craig, um, Craig Ransom, who she's saying the reason for it. Craig ran some kids off. <laughs> Craig ran off some kids for shoplifting and needed me to help. But he needed me to walk him to his car. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's ready to start dinner, but Reese, who's excelling in his cooking class, is already on it. He's actually even teaching Dewey a little bit and being a you know somewhat. He's yelling at him, but he's being a at least trying to be a somewhat positive influence for once. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, the topper for all of this is when Reese uh, thanks Hal for making him take the class. Lois says, oh, come on, that's got to make you feel good. Apparently it does. Hal is in tears. I love it. I love his face. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. I love his face there. It'd be really easy to overplay this kind of thing, but like Brian Cranston plays it just right. Just goofy enough, but also heartwarming. Yeah. You watch that scene and you're like, oh, that's great. This is great. I know. I saw it. I was like, oh, it really, <laughs> it, it, it really warmed my heart. It was nice. So Malcolm is sitting alone at school, and Cynthia comes over to drive home the point that she was making earlier. Uh, she even takes it upon herself to uh, break him out of his shell, and she drags him over to yet another group that, that she's inviting to her party, mm. um, telling him that they're now co-hosting it. Malcolm just snaps at this point when she starts <laughs> when she starts trying to loop him into a singing invitation. I, I I would also be very uncomfortable, and I might feel a little irritable if somebody tried to. Yes, yeah, Cynthia, you know. Cynthia Cynthia is correct in a lot of things in this episode. That was a bad move. I did not appreciate that's that. That's the one. That's the one yeah. strike I will give her, and only one. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't like being dragged over. Uh, Malcolm yeah, so Malcolm snaps and he drags her into the boys into the boys' restroom. She says, "Can't you think of a better place to kiss me?" <laughs> I love um, and he shows her what he refers to as the Krellboyne Hall of Fame, which is uh, a bunch of uh, graffiti on a stall wall, derogatory graffiti, mm -hmm. uh, next to the sinks that we can't really make out. It's written really small and kind of close together. I'm pretty sure that's by design. Yeah, it's meant to, you know, you leave it up to the audience's imagination. Yeah, whatever it is is horrifying, though. And Cynthia dashes out of the room crying. Yeah. <laughs> I love the scene ends, though. Um, from one of the stalls, we hear Stevie, <laughs> real classy. <laughs> Yeah, we just don't see him there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can I just say that I love Cynthia's confidence? Um, I don't love how hard Malcolm tries to prove his point because, like, it just—he's killing her dreams. I love her so much. Yeah, exactly. Right. She's just trying to have a good time and make friends. I wish I was as—I don't know. I wish I was as go like go ahead. What is the word? What are the words? Hold on. Not happy-go-lucky. Gung-ho. I think I, I wish I was as... being able to just go at it, yeah. Yeah, how do I make friends? Like, how do you just throw yourself out there to a bunch of people and be like, hey, you want to come over to my party this weekend? I can't do that. I you can't so do that. <laughs> so after the act break, which is punctuated by one of the, the show's uh, signature door slams. That's the, the... Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, 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 it's so strange. I've, it's, 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 it's an odd choice. I don't, know how, I don't know how it came about. I don't know how they decided... Uh, we should, we should have, we should have, we should have like the door, we, we should have like hard smash cuts to black with a door slam sound effect. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it works for the vibe of the show. <clears throat> it's, it, it honestly to me has become like, I, I, I originally wanted to write iconic, it's kind of iconic for me, uh, but it's, it's very distinctive. You know you're watching Malcolm in the Middle when you hear the door slam, if, yeah. if, you, hear it from, if you hear it from the other room. <laughs> it is really, I think it fits because um, it's uh, one of those chaotic, dysfunction, kind of dysfunctional families, and they're always yelling, they're always throwing things, they're always, you know, slamming doors, so it makes sense. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's, all, it's, all, it's all vibe, because yeah, sl slamming doors, yeah, probably the swishes between scenes, that's mm -hmm. got to be like punches being thrown or, or objects yeah, yeah. Like something like that. so after the act break uh we're back at the middle school again uh while the while the rest of malcolm's circle debate whether um whether to wear matching maroon or beige turtlenecks to the party i can't <laughs> say enough that i love these kids uh cynthia arrives on the verge of tears uh to hand out uninvitations to her party she went back to the kinkos and she <laughs> Which, by the way, would probably just really disappointed the guy, the, the guy who worked there, because uh, oh, she, yeah. because because she mentions earlier that the guy at the kink, the guy at Kinko's says that I have, that I set the record for most laminated invitations. Oh. Uh, she got an equal number of uninvitations, which are also laminated. And uh, she's handing she's those so out. She's so consistent. Uh, Malcolm tries to apologize, but she's not in the mood, and the rest of the group is mad at him too. Even 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 Lloyd's like, "You callous bastard." <laughs> 
Uh, we switched back to Marlon Academy again. Eric, uh, um, Eric, who has now removed most of the furniture from 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 the dorm, <laughs> taped black paper over the windows and killed. <laughs> One of Francis Bugs, R.A.P. Harvey. Rest in peace. I love that exchange, too. That, um, you didn't have to kill Harvey. Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> he really didn't, though. No, there was no need he for it. He didn't. Could just let him go. Well, you'll be missed, Harvey. Uh, Francis, I, we can only hope that Brent made it. <laughs> Maybe he has a, had a better escape. Uh, so Francis promises to get down to business. Uh, he honestly, I, it sounds like he means it. Uh, yeah, seeing, totally. Seeing as he actually has Eric remove an empty soda can, which he might fidget with. He wants to like press, like, pre- um, like, 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 like pop, pop the thing in. Oh, yeah, I feel there. that. Been there, yeah. I feel it. You see me with my pen in the newsroom all the time. And so he's about to do it. He, he this time he's like standing at the standing at the desk and he's reading and he and he, and he goes to uh, start reading his book. But then he finds a loose thread in his mm. sweater. And when Eric comes back, he's unraveled pretty much the entire thing except for his collar and the and the cuffs on his, the cuffs on his sleeves. Uh. And there's just this pile of thread on the desk. What a look, by the way. <laughs> so back at the learning annex now, uh, we see a montage set to Getting Hotter by Baja Men. Yes, they were once a thing. And uh, this definitely reminds you, this show was made in the 2000s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, and like Reese's Frosted Tips didn't like date the show. Oh, as big well. time! I actually, that actually didn't even occur to me. Dude, oh my god! I looked at he, I, I looked at him in the kitchen, and I was like, "Wait, he's got spiky hair and frosted tips." I remember when I was like really into that look. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so the montage is of Reese being very good at cooking, mm-hmm. and Hal's just over there doing his best and getting really excited. He makes what he considers to be perfect toast, and he like just dances around, <laughs> waving at the teacher's face. <laughs> To be fair, that did look like some beautifully toasted toast. He did a, he did a good job. It was a little, maybe it was a little bit underdone for my taste because it was, um, it was, it was kind of flopping. Ew, it was. Never well, mind. Just a tiny bit, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, he did, he, did, he did a good job, and I'm, you know, I'm happy he's happy. Maybe that's how he likes his toast. Uh, the class ends. The teacher announcing that they'll be having a cooking competition in the next session. Uh, she makes it clear to everybody. Very well, not clear, but very. She, she, she implies. Very heavily implies that Reese is expected to win. Uh, later, Malcolm goes to Cynthia's house to try to apologize again. Hmm. Um, her dad is not his biggest fan. All the pre-existing thing. Their last story together ended with Malcolm um, getting jealous and throwing a brick through her window. Oh, he get oh yeah. That was oh. the thing. That was the thing that actually happened in the show. Like that wasn't just the implication. Like that actually was something that oh. we don't see the scene. But yeah, that was actually part of a story that we've seen. I'm intrigued. <laughs> and uh, even less so now that he has shattered her self-esteem. I mean. Uh, so Cynthia agrees to talk to him. They begin to make up, but are interrupted by a group of kids who apparently didn't get the memo about the cancellation because uh, Cynthia has been leaving leaving them in public <laughs> places, like leaving stacks in like libraries and arcades and stuff. She's so bold. <laughs> <laughs> um, they all show up for the party. Yeah, and um, while they're when they're apologizing, I love that she doesn't accept Malcolm's apology too quickly. Um, she even calls him out for trying to absolve himself of his guilt with apologies. Yes, like, she's God. She's just. So quickly, my favorite. It's such a drag that she's only she only appears a few times. It's, it's a real shame. She's always great though when she shows up. Uh, it's implied, I guess, that same night Reese is just killing it in that cooking competition. Uh, we also get a quick gag of Dewey getting an electric mixer stuck in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, Hal pulls Hal Hal turns it off, pulls it out, and then he puts it right back in his mouth. He's like, mm. <laughs> yeah, Dewey, Dewey doesn't get a lot of play in this episode. But, no. Uh, he, 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 when he's there, yeah, when, yeah. When he's there, it's good. Uh, things then begin to ter- begin to deteriorate. Uh, the teacher tastes one student's dish, and it was overly salted. Another another's husband's tongue is swelling up, looking for the first aid kit. Uh, one guy just dashing for the bathroom. Hal looks around in absolute horror, and then at Reese, who <laughs> winks. He's Lois- smiling too. Oh like- yeah, no, yeah like he, he 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 thinks he's done a very good thing here, and like, he's very impressed with himself. Yeah, he's- Lois is just horrified. Her oh, mouth yeah. is like a gate. She's like, what the. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Cynthia's party is absolutely on fire and being attended by a really eclectic group of people, including Francis and Eric. There's there's <laughs> full-grown adults. <laughs> so weird. Um, Eric has resigned himself now to the to his summer school-filled future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what? Everybody seems to be having a good time. Nobody seems to be that much in danger. Uh, Lloyd, Dabney, and Stevie in their turtlenecks, sipping from juice boxes <laughs> and hitting on hitting on those girls kills me every time. I just love that on Lloyd. You girls should really get up to the planetarium. They've got a great laser show up there. I have a card that can get four of you in for the price of three. <laughs> and then, Good deals. And then Dabney goes, let me know when you're going. As soon as my grandmother falls asleep, I can sneak up and sit next oh, to you. God. 
And then I love to see the... Oh, another girl's talking to Stevie. Are you wearing cologne? And Stevie says, just my aftershave. <laughs> and then Malcolm tries to talk to him. I'm working here. <laughs> you st- Stevie's getting his. You know, good good job. Don't get in his way. <laughs> um, also in the background, I found out from uh, tunefind.com because I was looking for the title of the song that's playing in the other one. Uh, this is another Bahamut song. I, I I had no idea that they had that many songs that weren't Who Let the Dogs Out. <laughs> I really, honest to God, thought that was the only thing they ever wrote. <laughs> you thought they were a one-hit wonder. Turns out they were I, a three-hits wonder. I wonder if they were like a big. I wonder if they were like the uh, like the um, like the Proclaimers or something. Where like they were like really big in a different country. Oh. Uh... <laughs> because because like Proclaimers here, we know five hundred miles. That's it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> But they're they're popular in other countries. I think so. Yeah, I think I think I think in like I think in, I think in like their native. I believe they're from Scotland. I love that. I think they're really really big. Actually, uh, the guy who made uh, you know that um, that Elton John movie uh, uh, Rocket Man, mm. he actually he actually made it was like a jukebox musical based on the music of the Proclaimers. No, never way. seen it, but it's but it, I I love Rocket Man, so that sounds like it'd be kind of my jam because I do I do I do do like the Proclaimers a lot. Five hundred miles, excellent song. It is. It actually is. <laughs> Uh, so Hal and Lois are furious with Reese for having, as Dewey puts it, poisoned all those people. Mm. <laughs> not, uh. They're not wrong. I just looked the way they were so blunt about it. Yeah. Like, Dewey, go to your room. But Reese is the one who poisoned all those people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Hal asks him why he did it. Reese just said it was fun. Yeah. Uh, Lois, you know, tries to apo- uh, tries to appeal to it. How, how how would you feel if you were that that poor woman whose quiche you salted? Reese says fat. Uh. <laughs> they're like, oh god. And so, and so Hal, one more, one, just last ditch effort, he gets on his knees, get, gets eye level with Reese, and tries to explain to him that empathy. Explaining, if you hurt someone, empathy makes you hurt too. This makes, this is, this is just a foreign concept to Reese. And Reese says, why would you want empathy? <laughs> and he's just horrible. His, his eyes, like, Hal's eyes, like, he's, he's, he's staggered. He's shook. His eyes roll to the back of his head, and he stands up, and they turn away. And Hal says... He has no more sense of right and wrong than a tree frog. Uh, it's just funny because that's when they realize, like, oh, no, our son may be a, what is it, a clinical psychopath or something like something that? Something like that. Yeah. Sociopath at the very least. Or a sociopath, yeah. Oh, my God. I just want to say that this boy needs some serious therapy. Oh, my God. You're not kidding. <laughs> Uh, so they decide at this point that the positive attention experiment has been a failure and decide to circle back to punishment. Because honestly, at that point, you kind of have to. Like, punishment shouldn't be the first thing the parents go to, but it is going to be necessary sometimes. I mean, he did poison a room yes, full of people. Yes, it, it had to be done. He's lucky he didn't get arrested. Um, True. Yeah. Uh, so they worry about uh, being back at square one, but then they realize, hang on a second. Reese cares about something now, so they banned him from cooking. Not just cooking, baking, broiling, and sautéing for a month. Man. This gets deep under his skin, and he <laughs> runs off sobbing. <laughs> Hal and Lois are overjoyed at, ha- at finally having an angle for giving Reese boundaries, and according to Hal, it's even worth suffering through a month of Lois's cooking. <laughs> and now, you know, most shows would just go for the, hey, how dare you, but Lois is like, amen to that. <laughs> yeah. like she, she, she knows she's bad at cooking, and she doesn't care. I love them as a couple, honestly. <laughs> they're 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 fantastic. Yeah, she has this serene <laughs> smile on her face. She means it. Like she was yeah. not she was not kidding. Oh my god, they're it's so funny as when he when he running when Reese runs away, they're like, We can hurt him. We can hurt him now. <laughs> we can dance. <laughs> so good. I'm like, wow, parenting is so toxic. Can we do something about this culture? <laughs> uh so back at back at Cynthia's party, Malcolm is predictably alone. Uh-huh. Uh huh. He breaks the fourth wall now, which in this episode might be kind of confusing because he didn't do it at the top of the episode. But oh. uh, that's usually at the beginning of the episode. Malcolm will set up the story mm-hmm. uh, by by talking directly to the audience uh, in a very Ferris Bueller kind of way, and then it'll go back to being normal. And then it, it'll usually end with him doing this and talking mm-hmm. to the audience again. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that, the, he he does that usually. Usually, book ends the episode, but I guess they skipped it up top this time. So I can. I, that might that might have been jarring if this is your first episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, to let us know that you know he, he breaks the fourth wall to let us know that he doesn't care that he's having a bad time because parties suck anyway. Uh, yeah, honestly, totally. You know what? I feel it. <laughs> uh, Cynthia comes over. Malcolm tries to strike up a conversation, so we know he was full of crap. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out she just needs his chair. 
And she, oh. and, and she walks off. Once she leaves, Malcolm starts doing, starts kind of like, he decides to maybe like let loose a little bit. He starts doing what looks kind of like George McFly's solo dance from Back <laughs> to the Future, but decides, you know what, no, this is not me. And Just he kidding. folds his arms, stands up against the wall, and uh, we do a we do a pan out uh, away from him as the party mm-hmm. swallows him up. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really great cinematography, actually. Kind of like, cur- yeah. like a curtain draw. It was cool. I like that. Um, and yeah, and that was the fade out. What a, what a little Debbie Downer. <laughs> So, how did this episode hold up for you, Tim? Malcolm in the Middle is always going to hold a very special place for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was a staple of my uh, TV, of my evening TV watching as a kid, and uh, it was also kind of uh, a stepping stone into the wider sitcom world. Um, you know, around the time when I started watching Malcolm in the Middle, um, I was watching a lot of you know Disney Channel and Nickelodeon sitcoms. Nickelodeon was more my was more my was more my jam. I mean, I watched a little bit of um, you know, a little bit of that. So Ravens of Zach and Cody and that kind of stuff. I love uh, those. But um, I, but my, my favorite my, I think my favorite show is the ones I I'm pretty sure I've seen all the episodes of uh, Drake and Josh and Ned's Classified School Survival Guide were 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 some were some of my favorites. And Classics. this show feels like the natural progression from those kind of things. It gets into more mature topics, but it still focuses on kids that are somewhat close that were that were somewhat close to my age. So I was mm-hmm. able to relate to it more. But also. It gave me a more in-depth look into the lives of adults, which is always a foreign thing. And I was always able to appreciate being able to, being keyed into what adults may be thinking. How does it feel to be an adult now? Uh, <laughs> it's not quite right, but it, it made me feel mature as a kid. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, the cinematography, very active and very quirky. Mm-hmm. And it's used effectively for both uh, storytelling, comedy, and placemaking. You don't really get that a lot in single camps that comes, which is very cool. And the performances are all fantastic. Uh, it's a shame, actually, that a lot of this cast didn't really go very far. Mm-hmm. I know uh, the kid, who, the the actor who plays Dewey. I think he kind of just retired from acting. He just dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, Justin Burfield. I think uh, he show ran a sitcom that only went for a season, uh, Sons Oof. of Tucson, on Fox for a little while, and then we haven't really seen or heard from him. I didn't even hear uh, about Frankie Muniz had a little bit of a film career. I think during the show, but I think after the show, I think he had. I think I think I think he decided to step out of the limelight. And we we talked a little bit about his yeah. future life. Brian Cranston obviously has gone on to very very big things. And also, even even before this show and during this show, he was in he was in other he was in other shows. I remember he was great in a King of Queens episode. He had a recurring role on Seinfeld. Did you know once he voiced one of the monsters in a Power Rangers episode? Stop! I didn't know that. I don't know which one, but yeah, he was the voice of one of the monsters. It was oh so my cool. God, what? <laughs> oh my god, he would have done. Oh, that would have been great. I need a. I can imagine him doing a really good monster voice. I've seen clubs. He's very good. And uh, Jane Kixmerick, you know, she's, it's a shame. I really would have liked to see her get like a big vehicle that that, 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 that could show off her because she's, because she's, she's a, she's a fantastic actor. Like she has some dramatic moments in the show that blew me away. I uh, think she was in Wilfred for a little bit. I think so. Yes. I know, I know, I know, I know one time uh, she was on Frasier. Oh. She was in a, she had like a two or three episode run on Frasier for a little while. Hmm. And uh, she actually played a, a kind of a Judge Judy stand-in on uh, The Simpsons for a little while. <laughs> Judge Constance Harm. Constance Harm. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah, and I, I actually, I, th- I think she had a drama for a little while on uh, on like TNT or something. I can't remember exactly where, but she played a judge on that as well. I uh, want her to have more prominent I really, roles. I really would like to see her see more of her. She yeah. she she is she is fantastic in this show, and it's and it's a real shame. Hmm. Um, Christopher Masterson also dropped off the face of the earth because uh, his brother is Danny Masterson, who and that family is now kind of in trouble. Oh, yeah, there were some. Uh, I think there were rape allegations. Oh, he played. Uh, he played. Uh, he played Hyde on on um, that '70s show. <gasps> oh, and uh, and yeah, and um, you just connected the dots for me in my head. Oh, wow. And so yeah, and, and so and so now there's a little bit of it's it, it, it's probably unfair because I don't think that um, I mean I mean I've heard possibly like you know second third hand that Christopher Masters is a little bit of a weirdo because he's also like him and his brother are both like hardcore Scientologists. Oh. So maybe that's a little bit of a contributing factor, but I don't know. I, putting all of that aside, he is. He's very good in this show, mm-hmm. especially as the show goes on, because the, the, the like I said, Francis goes on a goes on a journey. He has like the most full arc of anybody on the show, and as and as and as we we we, we basically watch him mature into an adult, hmm. and it's very very good while also being very very funny. <laughs> uh, this show is honestly, it, it's it's it's. 
the performances are great. The parents are generally thoughtful and thoughtful and progressive in some ways, even though they have to eventually like put the hammer down because their kids are jerks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and, and the pace, honestly, is some of the best I've ever seen on network TV. Um, Malcolm in the Middle holds up big time. Maybe there's some, you know, there's 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 some just like being of its time things, not socially, just in terms of like fashion and stuff that might make it a little bit weird. Fro you know, we got our frosted tips and our bomb and <laughs> music. <laughs> but um, as a whole, yeah, 100%, the show holds up. If you haven't ever checked out any Malcolm in the Middle, I highly recommend you you you, you take a look. Yeah. Um... No, yeah, because uh, when I was younger, I just wanted to watch cartoons and, like, documentaries on, like, the History and Discovery Channel. <laughs> and um, whenever I would see, like, live action stuff, I'm like, ah, oh, this is probably going to be boring, you know, because I like the pretty colors and I like how far you can take animation. Mm -hmm. I beat this dead horse all the time. Um, yeah, I so I didn't watch Mal Malcolm in the Middle when I was younger because I, I automatically assumed that I wasn't going to find it funny. But um, before we started watching the, before we we watched, we did this. My like over the weekend, my girlfriend was like, "Hey, Malcolm in the Middle is cool. You want to watch that?" And I'm like, "You know what? This is the perfect time to watch it." <laughs> perfect timing, yeah. Yeah. So we started watching it, and I'm like, it, "It. Why did I not give it a chance when I was younger? It's actually, it's it's pretty good." So. Um, this episode was pretty good. Uh, it was it was fairly it was a fairly clean episode aside from the use of the R word once near the end. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, God, language and then the times and then that's a whole thing. I don't know. It, it, yeah. it, I, I I just uh, I, I I feel like maybe it was just unfortunate of an unfortunate use of the word. Yeah, because I don't think they were using it to be disparaging. No, I think I think that they they generally just meant in the original before before it was a before it was a before it was a, a um, slur or a slur against uh, the mentally challenged. Mm -hmm. um, it became, but it, it was just it was just a synonym for slow. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think the, I think she did, yeah, it, it was it was it was very unfortunate word use. Yeah, because the way they were saying it here, the way they used it here was basically they were trying to say it's socially inept, but uh, yeah, <laughs> they could have they could have used a syllable, some syllable, they could have used some synonyms. Yeah, and, and you know they they, they and honestly they could they could have dubbed over it because I know there was a uh, oh yeah the show, shows shows have done that. I actually, uh, I was watching a, a community rerun just to kind of go off on a tangent. I was watching mm -hmm. a community rerun on um, an IFC. A while back, and uh, there was this there was this uh, really kind of uncool line originally in the show. Mm. Uh, there's this thing where uh, the main character, played by Joel McHale, is at this big like lawyer party or whatever, and uh, his friends from the college followed him there, and oh. um, they're all getting into hijinks around the party. And um, at one point, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown's character uh, Shirley, she had this whole thing where her husband divorced her and ran off with a uh, with a stripper. Whoa. <laughs> and um, it was this whole thing, and and um, and, and and so they and so they were all getting stuff, and and, and I, I guess Shirley was talking to one of the, to a lawyer, who said that uh, you know I think he got a case, I think I think he gets some money out of, I think he gets he can get some money out of her for 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 breaking up your marriage, oh. and so he and and so he's going down the line like telling everybody stop doing all of these stupid things, and the line he gives to Shirley is um, Shirley don't sue a stripper, and she says why not. Because she's a stripper, life sued her, and she lost. Whoa! Yeah, they, uh, they, they, they. Um, I actually can't remember how they dubbed it over, but yeah, they got rid of that line. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> sex work is real work, everybody. Yeah, that was a little bit. Uh... Mm. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there's there's precedent for that. You can you can dub over stuff. I and... had that didn't even occur to me. <laughs> So cool, yeah. They could. So now that I know that, now that 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 knowledge is in my 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 little brain, um, maybe they could have, you know, taken better care and just dubbed over the R word in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eh, I don't know. <laughs> um, so I think Cynthia is a great character. I wish I could be as optimistic. I wish I could be as optimistic and friend ready as her. Um, I do think this episode aged well. I shouldn't have slept on Malcolm in the Middle when I was younger. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have known about the show if it weren't like I've, I've talked. I've talked about it before. Five to eight o'clock every night on Fox. Mm. Two King of the Hills, a Simpsons, <laughs> two Malcolm in the Middles, another Simpsons. That 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 was that was my origin story, honestly, in terms I of like, my TV it. tastes. I um, love it. And just, just every, every every single night, I was I was I was watching that. 
It was Adult Swim for me. Uh, I guess I get that. Uh, so yeah, I guess we agree then. This Malcolm in the not, yeah Malcolm in the Middle. It, it's 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 I, I think it's a very it's a very it's a, it was a very formative show in terms of the medium of the single cam sitcom. Mm -hmm. um, it's been it, it's a little slept on now. I, I think you know, I think it won some Emmys when it was on. You know, it it, it went it went it went uh, it went uh, seven seasons I believe. Uh, wow. So it had a pretty healthy run. Uh, you know, people watched it. People know about it. But okay. I don't think people talk about it as much as I think maybe they should because it really this this is this is this this was this was kind of this was kind of a trendsetter like the 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 single cam sitcom you know it might exist but I don't think it would be what it is today without Malcolm in the Middle I think this was really it, 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 it kind of took things from like older shows like you know like Parker Lewis can't lose and stuff mm -hmm. uh, and ran with it Wonder Years that kind of stuff mm -hmm. but um, I think that the show really kind of codified that thing where it's like we can be we can be quirky and dark, but also be heartfelt and earnest at the same time. And I, 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 I it might have been longer before that nut got cracked. Yeah. Without Malcolm in the Middle, so I, I, I definitely suggest if you never watched that show, give it a shot. It's fantastic. Young Frankie Muniz, he's very good. Yeah, he's a, he's a good, he's a cool little little child actor. Highly recommended. Yeah. All right, I think that's gonna wrap it up. Yeah, I didn't have as much to say about Malcolm in the Middle as you did. <laughs> I don't have the previous history with it, <laughs> but it was good. I liked it, and I'm digging it now. So uh, make sure to keep an eye on our podcast network. Uh, check out all the shows we have uh, for you. We have Field of View, which is a sports podcast with Brian Calderon and Jesus Coronel. Uh, you can also check out uh, another another podcast that I co-host called uh, Six by Six Theater. It is a movie show where I and our A&E director, Will L.G. Stevens, uh, talk about big and small releases. Uh, last week we talked about Spencer, French Dispatch, and um, French Dispatch, and uh, and Last Night in Soho. Uh, this week we talked about. Actually, we got into a, a TV miniseries this week because there was just a little bit of a. <laughs> that was all we really had time to watch. Oh, okay. Uh, we also talked about. Uh, we also talked about Clifford the Big Red Dog yeah. because I watched that for some reason, <laughs> and I will never be the same. I know. I remember when we were in the movie when we were exiting. <laughs> When we were exiting the movie theater, we had walked past that big Clifford the Re Big Red Dog cutout, and you were like, "That looks horrifying." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, it does." So yeah, it's for anybody unfamiliar, if you if you haven't seen it around, Clifford the Big Red Dog just made the incomprehensible choice to go with uh, photorealism for mm. Clifford. He is legitimately a puppy that is giant, mm. cute, I guess, on the surface. But do you really want a five-ton puppy mm. in your house? <laughs> Ugh. Oh man, we have uh, we, my mom has this Great Dane and a Pitbull mix. Who is he's still a puppy, but he thinks he's small. But he's enormous. And and when anytime I think of Clifford, I think of this dog, Brutus. So yeah, I don't know why anybody wants a giant dog. I can't do it. Uh, so make sure to check out also our website viewpointsonline.org. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Riverside City College Viewpoints, as well as on Twitter and Instagram at RCC Viewpoints. Leo, where can the people find you? The people can find me at Chupacabral on Twitter and Instagram. That is C-H-U-P-A-C-A-B-R-A-L underscore. DM us episode suggestions or comment on if you agree with us or disagree with us. And if you're interested in joining Viewpoints, you can DM me there or you can DM us on our Viewpoints social media. Yeah, especially if you got podcast ideas. We need multimedia people. Yeah, we just need people to actually um, make and produce and be on podcasts. So if you're into that, I mean, hit us up. And if you, by some, by some chance, are looking for me, <laughs> you can. Um, I, I also co-host another podcast outside the Viewpoints universe. It's called The Super Awesome Variety Show with my friend Brandon Eska. Uh, we do a lot of pop culture critique, but also we just get distracted and tired and loopy and <laughs> I don't know. I, I at some points I'm just like maybe I should just do an edible before this show. Oh my god! Really, <laughs> just really, just, just really go. Just for might it. as well. I can say it on this podcast it's legal. It's legal. Yeah, <laughs> we're in California. It's cool. Uh, so yeah, that, and uh, you can also and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Macy Tim. That is spelled N A C E Y. Uh, that'll do it for us. Uh, we will see you next week. Thanks. No, for not next week. Excuse me. Uh, we'll see oh, you the week after next week. Yes. Because next week is a holiday. We will not see you for the Thanksgiving week. That's that's yeah. I'm uh, I'm very organized. This, this, uh, so this, we're so organized here. This, at Viewpoints. this multimedia department is such a well-oiled machine. <laughs> I know everything I should be knowing. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Thank you.